Stress yeah. makes you do now. They you know pressure makes diamonds, but you know you're not gonna. It takes the joy, love, and positivity out of what you have to do. You just become like a robot or a machine. Um, so for me, I like to I like to make things with love um, and joy and positivity. So what I have to do is I have to pick my spots with creativity, especially at this age. And I am most creative when I. And, and kind of in a recovery mode with my training and backing off the volume and intensity, mainly just walking, mobility, massage, meditation, breath work, um, that EHO stuff, you know, where I, right after this podcast, I'm going to jump on that bar, that door pull-up bar and do some hangs. Yeah. Um, you know, that type of just constant movement throughout the day where, you know, cause it's important to get that blood moving throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, especially for creativity. <laughs> Welcome back to Knowledge Brews Supreme, the show that percolates your creativity. I'm your host, Dr. John Chansey, back and better than ever. My guest on today's show goes by many names. He is the guru of gains. He's the metabolic messiah, the sultan of sweat. Some people even call him Uncle Baby Biscuit. I call him coach, sometimes sensei. My guest for today's show is the one, the only BJ Gador. BJ is the owner and producer of his own fitness website called The Daily BJ, where members can access a wide variety of plans tailored to meet their needs, including one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, full disclosure, I have been a member of the Daily BJ since 2019, and I consider BJ to be my coach inside and outside of the gym. BJ also has an amazing line of fitness clothing called Sleeves Sold Separately. I'm wearing a pair of the sprinters right now. I cannot put these over more. They're fantastic. He also has a line of CBD products called Man Baby CBD. Uh, and last but not least, BJ is a best-selling author with his first book called Your Body is a Barbell and has another book coming out this fall called Fuck the Gym. Fantastic titles. Uh, actually, just another note, BJ and I did a podcast together uh, several months ago. We were on his show called the Get Some Gains podcast. It was a few months back. Uh, I was a guest in the show talking about my experiences as a member of the Daily BJ. Uh, and sort of since then, we've been kind of teasing this home and home podcast. You know, I went on his show. Now he's coming on mine. Uh, and now it's finally happening. I am so thrilled. So welcome to the show, BJ. How are you today, my friend? I'm good, man. I appreciate the uh, very thorough introduction. You know, the real uh, sad thing about it is all those nicknames I gave to myself. So <laughs> no one calls me that. Um, they, I guess they do now because I call myself that, but it's a perfect example of uh, fake it till you make it. And uh, I've, I've always loved, I do with friends of mine, uh, nicknames are great, you know, um, as long as, you know, they're cool with the nickname. I never want to give a nickname to someone that like demeans them. But uh, to me, it's one way to show love to someone. Uh, when you don't use their given name, you give them uh, a special name. And uh, the, the names have evolved. I mean, there's Emperor of Exercise, the Prince of Perspiration, <laughs> Sultan of Sweat. Um, 
people have asked like, what about, is the metabolic Messiah dead? And I said, because now I go by uncle baby biscuits more often. And, um, you know, it just, it's just, a it's a variation, you know, I'm, I, I can be all those things. Yes. A man of many names, as well as a man of many, many talents. So I'm so happy to have you on the show and I want to get right into it. I mean, you are just a dynamo of content when it comes to the fitness game. I mean, your stuff is everywhere. It's on Instagram. That's where I first found you. I just, I saw you doing like variations of bear crawls. And I was like, wait a minute, this, like you can do a bear crawl more than one way. I got to stop and watch this guy. You're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. You've got your own website, you know, your fitness app, the Daily BJ. You used to work for Men's Health uh, and you've run your own fitness clubs before. So obviously you're very well versed in fitness. So what I'm curious about is what motivated you to get into the business of creating online content rather than in person? So kind of adding on to that, how did you decide, hey, I want to create this app, this website, The Daily BJ, to distribute your fitness content? You know, it's interesting because um, though I can be very good with people uh, and, and, you know, sprints, I have a real trouble with the day-to-day uh, with the same people, it just, it, it wears me out. It, it takes a lot of energy from me. And um, so the ability to do online stuff allowed me to deliver the gift I have with programming, um, you know, to more people. And I could do things from home. I could scale it more effectively. And um, honestly, too, with, with part, I, I care a lot. So when you work with someone and they quit or you can't help them, there's a personal toll that comes with that, too. Now, on the other side of it now, I stopped my, I, we sold our gym in uh, 2011 and it's been over a decade now. I could, I could make a lot more money if I just stay with my gym because it's really difficult to do this online, man, because my main gift, it seems based on feedback over the years is my energy and my energy doesn't really transfer as well online and, and, and like in person. I can get almost anyone to do anything they want. I believe that. And, uh, and I can give you that positivity and that confidence to do the same. Uh, from a distance, it's difficult, man. You need people that are very intrinsically motivated. You need people that are willing to put in the time and take ownership of, the, of what they're doing. So, uh, but, but another side of that, I may be out of business if I had stayed with the gym because a lot of my peers are like, I know people that were killing it with six-figure gyms, and now they're setting, selling medical sales devices. Right. You know, um, they're out of the business. So having gotten a jump start online, and I, I've been like, I went right with it. Like when YouTube started, you know, I, I, was, I, was, the, I was at Amherst College uh, when it was the third college that Facebook uh, came into. Oh, wow. It was like Harvard, I think, then uh, Yale or Princeton, and then Amherst um, yeah. were kind of the betas for what we now know as Facebook. So I, I was, I've been through the birth of social media, and uh, I'm one of the earlier uh, online trainers, um, especially with streaming. So uh, I guess I'm blessed in that regard that I was able to weather the storm of the pandemic, though it's still like pandemic was brutal for fitness. Everybody besides Peloton, Forox. <laughs> And Amazon um, really took a hit in the pandemic. No doubt. Yeah, I know you, you've kind of been uh, on your podcast and other platforms have had a lot of uh, interesting things to say about Peloton. And I've, I've had a chance to 
uh, to listen to those. Um, what I want to know, I kind of want to pivot off some things you said. You mentioned, you know, you have with the online programming, you tend to have more intrinsically motivated participants, people who are buying into your content. Is that for you more satisfying? Like knowing that these people who are here, you know, their member, maybe you have a smaller membership, which might be less extrinsically rewarding, but is that more intrinsically rewarding for you personally? Well, you know what? It's when you do this, and this sounds cold, but it's just a fact. Like, I don't know any of these people, really. Yeah. We've never, we've never met. Uh, we, have, we don't have any, any deep connections like we would had we trained in person. So there is, it is impersonal training. I try to do the best I can to answer as many comments and be supportive. And, um, you know, uh, there's been times where I've given more of my personality. And now there's times where I'm kind of do less of it. So it's more of just about giving you great stuff and keeping me as much out of it as possible. I don't know. I'm trying to find the right balance. I don't know if there is, but you know, ultimately um, it just limits the pool of people you can reach anyway, because there aren't that many intrinsically motivated people. There just aren't. I mean, when, especially when it comes to fitness and uh, even if it is your top priority, like I had trouble getting to some of my workouts uh, in January. Like I, I got only to two out of three of uh, one of the workouts. That's that I came out the last time that happened. Um, because of, of the amount of work I took on to try to correct uh, what was our worst fitness business year uh, in 2021. So, um, and it's what I do. Right. So <clears throat> the average person, man, like it's tough. I, I, I don't know if fitness is something that everyone can incorporate into their lives the way that they think it's done. Now, I think there's ways you can get it in through, like, for example, EHO, every hour on the hour, you can do a minute of movement. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah. People can commit to that, but people are unable mentally to take a break from traditional fitness, which is it's got to be a one hour workout. Yes. And if you can't get outside of that mindset, then yeah, fitness is not for you because the, 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 the days of one hour workouts for most people, if you're over 30 years old, you have a family, you have a job, those days are likely gone unless it's such a priority that you restructure your life for it. And most people are not willing to do that. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So, and for those, I mean, these people that are, you know, I'm sure if they're not on your programming or if they've left your programming, they're surely missing out because I can say from personal experience, I mean, the stuff you put out, you know, whether it's your shorter workouts, longer workouts, you know, individual programming, I mean, it's all top notch. Again, I can, I can speak from personal experience. So another kind of pivoting off what you've talked about so far is like what, what motivates you or inspires you to keep putting out such high quality content, because I, I can imagine, you know, there could be a point where it's almost like maybe there are other fitness instructors who might start to mail it in or whatever, but it always seems like you are not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but you're always coming back and finding ways to do, even if it's the same exercise, you're, you're showing new ways of doing it, new ways of thinking about it. So I'm, I'm just really curious, what, what motivates you and inspires you to just keep, I don't know, just putting out just awesome content that way. Honestly, man, um, the last year or two, it's been pure willpower because I, I'm not as motivated as I used to be. I don't know if it's age. I had some mental health issues I, I was battling. I'm still battling. Um, so it's a lot of just like calling upon, you know, uh, well, respecting the investment people are making. That means a lot to me. Keeping people safe, you know, giving them routines that are fast, fun, and effective. 
Um, if it's more of an express fitness solution and then people that are committing to the more, you know, the way I train or the longer workouts with more, more ownership, more, more overall requirements of recovery. And you might have to have more equipment. We do more strength work, stuff like that. Um, it's because of the fact that they are, um, special people. And I want to get, I, I see what it can do for them daily, giving them energy and stuff like that. But, um, when I was younger, man, I, I really, I was just so passionate and I love to share stuff. And I was more in the mode of trying to get attention, mm. you know, and that was very motivating to me or like looking a certain way and getting reactions to that. All that's gone now. So, um, but I still have to market. And that's, what's difficult is when you put so much work to um, stuff behind a paywall, it's, it's almost like you got nothing left. You got no juice left to market. This happens to a lot of creators. Like my wife, for example, she's written 10 books and her biggest problem is when she's done with the book, she doesn't have anything left to market, you know, cause it's so intensive. And, um, so a lot of that is just, uh, it, it's tough to run these multiple races at once, but what is a book or what is a workout if you don't market it? Right. If nobody so does that, it, nobody needs it. hundred percent. And then why would someone sign up behind a paywall when they can get all this great free content? But if you don't give great free content, you can't effectively market. And now it's just so saturated with creators. Yes. Um, it's, it's one of those things like it's never more saturated with creators and there's never been more creator burnout. Like you look at the Super Bowl ads. They weren't very good. They haven't been very good in a long time because what do you expect from people that have to make ads everywhere all the time? People used to be able to kind of like you know, hit singles and throw jabs and then go for the big home run grand slam every year in the Super Bowl. But now uh, the content demand is, is just so off the charts and there's just so much yes. content. Nothing hits the way it used to. So that's what we're all battling right now. We're just, we're all uh, pissing in the ocean. We're all kind of hoping for the best. And, and that's why, again, what motivates me is I just know I have to keep showing up and I have to know that even if I never get back to the level of motivation I had before, um, it doesn't change the fact that I did all those years of work where I was highly motivated. Um, and and uh, part of the thing too is I had taken a six month break from social media uh, for mental health and to try to reset. And it was great, man. Like it was so good not to have to go on to Instagram or those types of things. But um, it, it destroyed 10 plus years of momentum. I had to basically start over again. Wow. I, I can't do that again because uh, that was that was about as difficult a thing as I've ever done in business, like going from having a really engaged audience reaching, you know, collectively a million people weekly across all platforms and just crickets, Jeez. crickets. Um, so it definitely, uh, <laughs> whatever ego I had, uh, it, it is close to gone, but it's probably a good thing because ego has gotten in the way of many great things that I'm probably capable of. And, um, you know, kind of rebuilding from scratch is a good thing. Yeah, I think I think sometimes, yeah, especially in creative endeavors, you know, restarting over and starting from scratch is, is never a bad thing. And, and even then, you're, you know, you've got so much experience that you starting from scratch compared to somebody else in the fitness game. I mean, you're already, you know, miles ahead. So I, I can imagine it wouldn't take you quite as long maybe to build back up some of that momentum again, if you haven't already. I mean, I've, you've been all over the place on Instagram lately and a lot of it's been, you know, uh, inspiring to me. So um, I'm happy to see you back there. Well, I appreciate that. You know, part of the issue too is people just don't give a shit. <laughs> people, people's interests have changed. And again, yeah. when you're struggling mentally and maybe you're, a lot of people quit their jobs, they're changing careers, 
they're in this this purgatory or limbo and when you don't have a center or you're not grounded yes and you're, you know the, the most important parts of your life right uh where you live your your how you're making money uh when stuff like that's in flux a push-up is not very interesting <laughs> you know you're just trying to find the next paycheck or you're trying yeah. to you know, people are having existential yes debates within their minds um society as a whole has so um i got that's part of it too is i have to understand as well and this is as a creator it's like some there's going to be times where your audience is really into it like 2018 on instagram man that was fun people, <laughs> people, were, all, people were all about it they brought a lot of energy and positivity that fueled me but when you don't get that as much as a creator you're used to getting that and that comes off that drug it cuts you it's an addiction it cuts you off and so now you have to make all the energy yourself. Just like we were talking about before we recorded, like there's going to be days with your podcast. You're at, you're at episode 15 or 16 um, where it's like, oh, why am I fucking wasting my time? <laughs> but you know, if you get to episode 20, you've already surpassed 90% of other podcasters who quit by that point. Yes. So, um, dude, it's just, it's, you, you've got to be, uh, it's constant mental training. And it's constant reminders of the importance of the daily process and the daily grinds. And I hate the word grind, but it is that whole thing. It's being comfortable and getting, not necessarily falling in love with it, being comfortable with the boredom that comes with doing great things, which is just these same fucking daily habits every single day. Um, they don't get it. They, they, they are never more excited than they were the first week you did them. Right. You know, um, but mentally if you can switch to say oh I, I love doing my daily things yes you know um that's what i'm trying to work on is retraining my mind to accept what i what i you know what i can't control and also what i can which is i can keep putting in the inputs and i expect nothing now mm. i used to expect a viral video i used to expect i deserve i'm, I'm putting in all this but i don't deserve shit obviously and no one does i mean what does that even mean um that's something my wife helped me with a lot um, I guess I'm trying to retrain my mind and because expectations are key. If you expect to like start a podcast and be Joe Rogan, wow, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Um, and do you want to be? Because well, yeah, you get, right now you're too big, and now now people just want to chop you down. And I'm, by the way, I don't even listen to the podcast. I, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a podcast listener really. But I'm just saying, like this is across the board. You get too big, and now you are a target. And if you're not big enough, you can't make money. And it gets hard to do what you're trying to do. So uh, it's an interesting time, man. I, I wonder how many of us will be in this game in a couple of years. And uh, I guess it is a case of only the strong will survive. Yeah, I, I, that's a great kind of thing to ponder about. I mean, if you think about it in the attitude that this is a, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I mean, how many people will still be in the fitness game? How many people will still be making podcasts? I mean, all of these different areas of content creation. I think I've, I've heard you use this, you know, quote quite a bit, you know, the, the hustle or the, the, the hustle always uh, never start the hustle never stops the Nipsey hustle, you know, quote, uh, the grind never stops. I think that's, there's something to be said about being, being motivated by putting in the work every day, you know, I mean, there's, it's not always rewarding, but there, there's something, I think at least intrinsically rewarding about knowing you're you're consistent you know even on those days you don't want to record those days you don't want to do a workout i think that's just that's a that's a kind of level of motivation that is hard to achieve for a lot of people 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, I can't remember the last time I was like, I can't wait to make this content. It's <laughs> been years. Yeah. Uh, right. it's, kind of, it's kind of sad in one sense, but at the same time, too, uh, a good friend of mine in the business, a very successful podcast, the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast. Uh, I visited him. We podcasted recently and we went to dinner afterwards and I was kind of sharing some of the struggles I had. And he says to me, he looks at me, he goes, bro, it's a job. And it is. That whole thing is yeah. fitness um, initially was a passion and now it's just a job. Mm. Uh, and that, that's a battle I, I have to be comfortable with. I, I, it's, I made the choice. Don't feel bad for me. I live a good life. But um, you know, again, like most people don't want to do the shit their job requires. Right. And I think a lot of people look at something like fitness and think, oh, it's playtime or I would love to do that. Well, man, it just becomes a job like anything else. So, you know, don't it's never uh, as green on the other side as you might think. Yes. So again, I've got a level of flexibility of schedule, um, freedom. Uh, that is uh, these are the intangibles that that's really what's great about it. But it is just a job like anything else. So it's important to not like uh, make it seem like it's better than it is. Um, mm -hmm. But also, there are some distinct advantages to it as well. So it's a mixed bag, like everything, man. Certainly. Well, you, you talked about restarting a few comments ago, and I kind of want to go back to that with my next question. You know, one of the things I think is really cool about this year is that you restarted a fitness program uh, that's offered through the Daily BJ. Um, you know, and I believe it's the motivation for your own training. It's, 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 it is a version of your own training and it's the Gorilla, uh, Gorilla Corn Gains program. Excuse me. I'm a member of this program. So again, I can't say enough good things about it. I already know the answer to this question, or I think I have a good idea about it, but I want to hear it straight from the source. What does it mean to be a Gorilla Corn? And conversely, kind of related to that, how did you come up with that title? Because it's so unique. I, as soon as I saw you talking about that on social media, Instagram, I was like, what is this guy talking about? I need to sign up for the app. I need to check this program out because it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Interesting you say that, man. I mean, honestly, the so there was a time a couple of years ago where the unicorn was just so hot. I mean, unicorns, like, they were so hot. Right. The hottest, thing, hottest thing in the game. It's like the, like the uh, eggplant emoji or the avocado. Um, <laughs> it just had its moment. And, uh, you know, I've always been, um, I've been involved in fitness, uh, you know, my whole life, uh, started working out when I was 14, haven't stopped. That's been the biggest part of my success is that consistency. Um, even when I have ebbs and flows, I, I find a way to, to always move and do something with purpose every week. And that hasn't changed. Um, but, you know, taking this concept of a beast, but I don't want to be caught in the culture of fitness. I, I was, and it's not fun, like going to tanning beds and living, uh, eating out of Tupperwares of, of chicken and broccoli. And um, that's all you talk about. Right. You, you have no other interests, you know, like, so to me, uh, to become a rare beast, not only in how you present yourself as an individual, to become a, a well-rounded person, maybe a Renaissance man or woman, if you will, but also you train differently. It's not an ego-based way of training. Like how much can I lift yes. versus how well can I move? You know, so it's, and honestly, I don't think I've done a great job. I do have a tattoo. It's on my right shoulder. <laughs> so if the unicorn ever goes out of style, that might be troublesome, but it's a gorilla with a unicorn, a horn. That's what it is. So it's a beast, but a rare beast, unlike many other beasts. And it doesn't mean you have to be a huge person 
it means that the way you live your life, the way you attack, um, you know, things that are important to you, um, there's a dedication, a consistency, a discipline about you that makes you a different individual, um, a type of individual that can, can not only continue training, but train harder than ever while pursuing their doctorate. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. It, it does. It's just, it's a different type of individual. And, um, and, and honestly, what it really means is there's a mental component. You're given whatever genes you're given. And, you know, I always hesitate to say, this is what I do. Cause you know, people think I'll do this. I'll look like him. Um, well, you can look better. You can look worse, but you're not going to look like me because I have a unique genetic code. Right. And uh, this is who I am. And to become your own rare beast in my mind means you max out what you've got. Mm. You take what you've been given, you max it out. And hopefully it doesn't take over your life. It actually enhances your life and makes you a better person. And, and that's, um, I battle that. I battle with that a lot in fitness because uh, if it becomes your sole identity, um, you, you tend to lean into that. And if you find success and you make money through that, you lean into it more. And then what happens if it's not going well? Or what happens if you don't want to do it anymore? And all of that is tied to it. So uh, it's finding a way to be, to find hyper-focus and achieve great things without losing yourself in the process. I like that. I like that a lot. So you can be a gorilla corn in and out of the gym, in and out of your workouts. It is a, it is not just a program, but rather like a state of mind uh, to kind of embrace in all aspects of life. It's a mentality, hundred percent. That, that, that's the difference is that a lot of people with their training, I mean, they don't, it, it isn't approached in a smart manner. Yeah. And, and you know, it is by the way, even if it's like a good short-term program, if it's not something that you can find longevity in, or you're not willing to continue with, well then, I mean, whatever gains you've made, you'll lose. Yes, they're temporary. It's temporary because you have to keep, you have to keep putting in the inputs to maintain that output. And, you know, that, that's why, uh, you know, we have an, uh, with the Express Fitness program and, you know, the importance of optics, right? Last year, you remember this, I gave people a 20 minute Express workout every week they could do if they can't do a full workout. Right. But because people saw that there was a longer workout that they couldn't do, the optics of that, the perception of that was, oh, I'm, I'm not getting, it's more value, but they think it's less value because they can't do it. But then I go ahead and I say, okay, I'm only going to give you 20 minute workouts for this price. And the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive because wow. there is really no excuse for the 20 minute workout. Like, right. and giving someone the ability or the option to do, to go longer was actually counterproductive. Oh, wow. Like you, know, psychologically. you, see, you see the psychological, like that's why psych, uh, psychology trumps programming every day of the week. Yes. This is not just in fitness, by the way. This is all of it. The psychology of it is um, somehow giving people more value. Like I gave Gorilla Corn gains as part of that too. They were getting that. Yeah. And, um, but then I was able to separate them, charge more for one that was more time intensive. And um, as a creator, a business owner, like I, I was an idiot. And, and, and by the way, that original program was separate too. Right. People were willing to pay $200 a month for it. Right. And then, then as an idiot, I charged $20 a month for that same thing and gave them double. I remember, so, yeah, you know, you know, just these are lessons you learn in business. And part of why I did that was because we were in the middle of a pandemic. Right. I wanted to find a way to keep people going. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to have a little bit of a, 
I don't want to say coldness, but you have to be smart about your business. And, and uh, especially when it's something that you, uh, you know, that has a, a personal pull to you, you know, you can be too generous. And what you got to do is you got to find the smallest amount. You got to find the price people are, how do I put it? You got to be able to find from a delivery standpoint, the minimum effective dose to get to legitimize the price. Yes. And that sounds cold and calculating, but it's just smart business. And uh, that's something a lot of fitness pros have a hard time doing because most of us would do it for free. <laughs> right. That's how we started. We got into it. We shared all these tips. And then, yeah, you monetize it, but um, you do want to help people. And the problem is, if you want to help people, you got to help yourself. And yeah. you got to make sure you can make a living doing it. So it's difficult. Yeah, for sure. It's a balancing act. So kind of pivoting from there. I'm really interested. I asked I asked this question pretty much of anybody who comes on my show because I like to bring on creative people and I haven't had anybody from the fitness industry to answer this question. So I'm really curious about your answer. When you're creating fitness content, whether it's for the website or maybe you're making a TikTok or maybe you're making a new Instagram post, at what point do you feel the most creative? Is it is it when you're designing the workout itself, when you're filming it, when you're editing it, when you're sharing it and putting it out there and publishing it and trying to, you know, get some, get some impact. Like, where do you feel the most as a creative or where do you feel as a creative person, the most creative? So stress is a creativity killer. Stress yeah. makes you do now, you know, pressure makes diamonds, but you know, you're not going to, it takes the joy, love, and positivity out of what you have to do. You just become like a robot or a machine. Um, so for me, I like to, I like to make things with love um, and joy and positivity. So what I have to do is I have to pick my spots with creativity, especially at this age. And I am most creative when I am, am kind of in a recovery mode with my train and backing off the volume and intensity, mainly just walking, mobility, massage, meditation, breath work. Um, that EHO stuff, you know, where I, right after this podcast, I'm going to jump on that bar, that door pull-up bar and do some hangs. Yeah. Um, you know, that type of just constant movement throughout the day where, you know, cause it's important to get that blood moving throughout the day, yes. uh, especially for creativity. Um, yes. I get a lot of creativity on my, on my walks, but in addition, it's a combination of, uh, down wrapping, uh, down regulating my training and, and, um, and work like work for my job. And also getting my calories up. Mm, yes. When I when I do that, um, I am my most creative, and I can. I, it's not only just the most creative, but I can do it fast. Yeah. Like I can literally see a whole program unfold in my mind. Oh wow. Um, like instantly. Um, versus like when I'm stressed, I'm going like a movement at a time, designing a workout. When oh, I'm, wow. And so you know you gotta you gotta time it. And um, weed helps a lot too for me. Um, <laughs> sativa, uh, depending on the circumstance, like yeah, a lot of times uh, if I do a little sativa pre-workout, I come up with shit like I've never thought of before. Um, indica is great because when I get my body totally relaxed, because you know indica is more of a body high, right. sativa is more of a mind high. My a relaxed body allows me to just go very cerebral. Yes, and. Um, so that's kind of the thing, and you know, you're on you're on a, a particular training split, a very sustainable one, where you you do uh, uh, these waves of three weeks of training and then one week of recovery, 
And um, my, my creativity is unleashed during the recovery week. So every month I know, okay, I've got a week where like I, I can be super creative and I got to be uh, ruthless about it too. I can't let too much work slip into that. That's what I've been battling because I took on, now I've got um, two membership options pretty much. Uh, we're launching products. I've got online distance coaching. I'm doing FaceTime training. So that did slip into my recovery week. And it was, I had, I had a real hard time making the workouts. Oh, and wow. I, had to, I had to just be, you know what? I got to get this out. Cause the most important thing when it comes to this is you got to get it on time. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to, got to still be the length of time that you're expecting it to do for your schedule. And I probably, I probably put too much stress on myself to make it good or fun when really I just got to get the, I got to get the shit out you need it. You need to do it. And at the end of the day, it's really just a small part of your day anyway. Um, but yeah, I want to put everything I have into it, but some months, you know, it, I'm not going to have as much creative time, energy, or juice. So, uh, and getting the calories up is really important too, because for me, uh, the stress of, you know, always of eating really well and being in a caloric deficit, uh, during the week combined with all the training, all of the content creation, uh, you know, running multiple businesses with my wife, man, it's, it's a creativity killer. So, um, and imagine that that's been the biggest breakthrough for me is that, um, you got to pick your spots like, uh, like an aging Michael Jordan, you know, you, you go to the elbow and you do some fadeaways and occasionally you can dunk, but, uh, it's going to be a lot of fadeaways <laughs> at this age, you know? <laughs> hey, but you still getting them rings. Uh, he, he sure did. And it's <laughs> or the, the sky hook, you know, it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's the shot you can keep making into your forties. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's same number of points. Same right. Number of points. <laughs> yes. Unguardable, same number of points. Uh, yeah. Or, or the wilt, uh, the granny shot he decided to take for a season and he was uh, perfect. I'm nearly perfect with free throws, but, but anyways, this yeah, is, yeah, that's, that's, it's an effective uh, free throw strategy. I know. I wish more guys would do it even now. Like, I don't understand why, you know, uh, anybody who shoots below like 75%, like just granny shot it. Come on. It, it's just, a more, it's a more gentle way to get the ball there and you get a more friendly role. Yeah. I am a, I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan. I'm sure maybe you're not, he's on your Lakers. I don't know. He's been getting a lot of heat, but he was not always a great free throw shooter. And that was one of the things I always wish he would try when he was a thunder player. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm still a fan of, I'm a fan of his career. I'm a fan of his motor. Yeah. Yeah. It's been frustrating to see how it hasn't fit yet. Now I'm it's, we're just coming to the all-star break. Right. Who knows? So, Who knows? And what I love about following a team especially one that's struggling. Like people think uh, my wife is like, oh, you're probably not as into the Lakers this year because they're not doing well. No, no, I'm, this is the year where like, first of all, they won a championship a couple years ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a realistic person. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not greedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. The rest of LA is like losing their shit and about to, you know, like, you know, tweet, <laughs> it, you know, uh, everything else. But look, man, you won a couple, we won a couple years ago and, um, now we find out what this team is truly made of because the, yes. the amount of adversity and obstacles they face, the injuries, and the media oh just waiting to create controversy within the locker room. Um, if they come out on the other side of this, it could be an amazing team because they would be so mentally strong, yes, resilient, um, or they're just going to fold. So we're going to find out in the second half of the season, and I'll be watching <laughs> every game. Yes, I'm excited. I'm not even a Lakers fan, and I'm excited to see what happens.
Uh, I, I maybe the maybe the Rams winning could buy the Lakers a little good grace with the media. Maybe they'll be too hungover from the Super Bowl uh, to worry about the the Lakers for too long. I don't know, but we'll see. It's the LA media. I'm sure they'll be back at it sooner or later. I mean, like, how many championships do you need, LA? Look, I, LA I, is I, the Renaissance right now. Oh I know. my gosh. I live here. I live here now. Um, so again, like, I, I guess I, I'm happy to see the the LA Rams win, but um, I, I'm technically a Packers fan, though I'm not as big into football as I used yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. But when you're from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, you know, like you get a championship. Wow. Yes. You can live on a championship for for a decade plus. Yeah. Well, they got one. Yeah, they got Giannis. Yeah. But we actually we haven't gotten one in over ten years. So now it's like okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think LA's won. They won hockey in like 2014. They won baseball in 2018. Got football last night and uh, basketball a couple of years ago. So LA, I mean, come on, it doesn't get much better for a city. The city champions, but they are, they have uh, very short-term memories and they're they're greedy as fuck when it comes to trophies. I'll tell you what. But you know what's interesting? LA doesn't like losers, and it does. It does something like. It does something to the culture. Yeah, you know, like, most teams probably would have folded at this point and just like, I'm, let's go for the draft. But because you can't, they don't accept losers in LA. Nope. They'll keep fighting. They'll keep fighting the rest of the year. Yeah. Oh yeah. For better or worse. <laughs> You're hundred percent. It's a culture, man. It's uh, yeah. but it's, it's a bright, those are bright lights. Even oh, Russell Westbrook is struggling with it. Yes. Yes. I think so. I think so. All right. I want to switch gears. Again, I could because I could just sit around and talk about basketball all day. And I do have some basketball related questions in our rapid fire section. We will get to. (laughs) All right. So another thing I mentioned at the top of this podcast, you are also a best selling author. You have a book. Your body is a barbell. If people could see this, I have a copy behind me. I'd pull it up and show them. But this is an audio podcast. So uh, no worries. You can find it on Amazon and elsewhere. You have another book coming out this year that I am incredibly excited for. It's called Fuck the Gym. I'm so pumped for it. I mean, I can't wait to have a book on my bookshelf that says Fuck the Gym, and I just can't wait to read your work. It's so many reasons I'm excited. So what I want to know is, how's the book coming along? How's it going to be different, book one from book two? And then also, how did you come up with this title? I love it. How did you come up with that? So I'm going to answer it in a, in a weird uh, sequence here, the way my mind works. But first thing, it was an Amazon bestseller uh, in a subcategory of uh, health and fitness so, right. or exercise, I forget. So it didn't, it didn't do as well commercially as I had hoped. I still get royalties. I mean, it wasn't, it's no, nothing to sneeze at or scoff at, but um, it, it was more of an underground hit, particularly in prison. Yes. Uh, I've gotten many letters from inmates over the years that said, like, this is what got them through their sentence and many uh, many people message in those letters that I'm, I got into fitness when I, when I got out, it gave me my new path. Um, and I, and I knew that it was a success when that was the case because man, they're in a cell. Yes. Yes. Like they're, they're, you have every, you could say, well, they have all the time in the world, but what did people do this past two years when they were stuck at home? Right. They didn't, they didn't exercise. They, they exercised for a little bit and then they stopped altogether. And even Peloton had that extreme surge, and now they are they are on the other side of it, where um, they they ended up now they didn't have enough supply, and then the supply chain was fucked, and then they finally got the supply, and now de- the demand is gone. Yep. And now they have all these bikes and treadmills no one wants. <laughs> so um, 
that's fitness for most people you're in a, you're in a cell and then you find a way to, to, to use movement as medicine to help you get through it. Um, so I was really proud of it. And, and the original title, uh, I, I actually pitched it as fuck the gym. Oh, wow. Like you don't have to go to the gym yeah, yeah. at home. And so, but the fuck the gym in the new book means something altogether. Now it's fuck the culture. Oh, wow. Fuck the tanning, yeah. fuck the Tupperware eating, you know, uh, you know, fuck the, uh, the, uh, the, do- the dogma and the indoctrinations like of a, a CrossFit or a Peloton. I'm like, I, 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 when I make this book, I don't, I don't want anyone to say I'm a BJ Godore disciple. <laughs> this is my, I mean, it's going to be my original shit and you take it and you do what you need to do with it. You take, uh, look, I, I don't even want to, I don't want to put too much science in it. Um, because you know, this is, I, I treat fitness. It's a physical art. Mm. You might disagree with some of the methods, but look, I use these methods for a long time. I'm 39 years old. This is how I look, or I'll be 40 when it releases. Um, this is how I look. These are the people I've worked with. You decide, but I, I don't, I don't want you to be like, um, you know, again, like this, the indoctrination of, oh, I train this way. And like, it becomes like a cult. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not, that's not what I want to be about. And um, that whole thing of like, or the bodybuilding culture of like the vanity of it and uh, spending a whole day just working on one body part. It has value, I think, during certain times of your life or like a, a phase of your program, but like living that way and walking around with a plastic gallon of water, you know, like, yeah, yeah, totally. that, to me, that's like, fuck the gym. It's like, you know, like there, we, there's, there's a, there's, you can still be fit and live a normal life and not have to be a freak or not have to be someone that uh, becomes a pariah in your own community because you're, you're just so, so on an Island about how you approach things. Now, how the, how's the book going? Um, not well, because I haven't found the time to write because of all the programming I'm doing. So what I'm going to have to do is find a way to back off on something in, in Q2 and Q3. Um, and um at the same time, I, a lot of what I've been working on and creating will, will find its way in the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a struggle right now. I've, I do have a deadline. I told people it was going to be out by then. So that's some accountability that I have to, right. um, you know, uh, you know, that's what you have to do when you want to do something. But you let people know. And um, had I not let people know, I could say I'll just do it next year. Right. But uh, I, I really want to get it out on my birthday, September 17th of this year when I turn 40 years old. And uh, I hope it's a timeless work. Um, a lot of what I couldn't get into the original Your Body is Your Barbell um, because of editing restraints or uh, budget constraints with how many photos they wanted to take and stuff like that. Um, it's going to be a real challenge to self-publish this. And I haven't even really fully wrapped my mind around it. So um, I think I, I'm com- I believe I can get it done. Uh, my big thing is by end of Q1, I want to have the table of contents done. That was the most important part of the first book. Yeah, yeah. Um, cause that forms the outline and then you just basically start to, you got the skeleton. Now I add the meat, um, by the end of Q2, hopefully I can have the written portion done. And then I guess I can design it in Q3 and then, uh, I guess market Q4. So that's kind of what I hope to do. And, uh, hopefully I don't have to delay it, but, uh, obviously I'm not going to put it out if it's, if it's, if it's trash. Right. So, right. Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I find myself frequently coming back and looking looking over things from you know your body is a barbell. So I hope to have this one in my collection soon as a good reference and a good read. Um, so cool. 
I want to switch gears and kind of talk about some other products that you offer. Um, you have your own line of athleisure wear. It is fantastic clothing that can be worn during workouts, outside of workouts. Like I, I had to order three pairs, two black and one gray of the sprinters because I just wear them almost every day. Like if I, if I'm not on campus teaching or in my office doing office hours, I'm probably in sprinters and they're so comfortable and so relaxing. So what I want to know is what inspired you to create your own fashion line, your own clothing line and kind of where are things at with that uh, currently? Well, uh, for those listening, the, the sprinter is what we call, it's our jogger, which is for fit men who move fast and fuck slow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that, that, that's you. If you're listening, you're a generous lover. You better get this pair of pants. Uh, we spent a lot of time. It's a, it really is one of our best-selling products. It's a perfect fit. It's kind of like a more fitted version of the classic Kung Fu pants. Yeah. Like the legendary Bruce Lee in. And um, so we're a big fan of it. I, I appreciate the support, John, man. It means a lot. Uh, part of why we did that is because we, we did find success on Instagram, a very visual medium. And I, I was known for wearing short shorts at Men's Health and kind of continue with that. And I was wearing other people's short shorts. And I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> Make our own. Let's really, uh, it, it was basically how we monetize Instagram. I, I don't have a lot of people from Instagram that buy my fitness stuff, They're, you know, because they, they feel like they can get what they need for free and the free content. Sure. Um, but we, we've, we've monetized Instagram through the fashion line. And it was also what we hoped would be an exit strategy for fitness. Uh, you know, just because I don't know how, how long can I do this? I don't know, especially in this way, like the membership stuff really takes its toll, man. Like every month I have to come up with stuff that like people, uh, think is game changing content. Like every month like that, um, it, it gives you, it gives you the runs. <laughs> the stress of that. So um, I would love to get out of that grind, that monthly grind, maybe make it more quarterly or just move to products. And hopefully the book can unlock um, some revenue that can let me take some time off. And just, you know, ideally what I'd love to do is just take a break, come back with something game changing. Mm, yeah, I'm, yeah, so yeah. Caught, I'm so caught in the daily monthly grind that you, know, you can't do anything big this way. We're all caught in this, by the way. Like, yes, you know, Michael Jackson took five years to make bad oh wow worth it <laughs> but we didn't we didn't hear anything about him for five years yeah um, so but now like you know everything's coming out uh, in a month or the songs are like 90 seconds or less sometimes yeah. um so people have to decide do you want to do great do you want to do great things or do you want to just do daily things yes and god it's so hard to do both so um you know that's a battle right now. Um, and, and part of it too is I, we're, we're stuck with where we want to take the fashion line because of all the, I'm supposed to be the face of the company. I also, I took six months off from social media. Right, right. And that, that, that also hurt the fashion line because I was supposed to be the guy to market it. So um, the fitness content you think would help sell the clothing. Uh, and, and that's how I'm trying to think about it as like, even if I don't have a good idea, I just got to be wearing the clothes and get something out today. Mm. It's just eyeballs. It's a marketing game. And um, at the same time, too, if I if I was able to just focus on the fashion line with my wife, we could really grow into something special. So um, that's that's the whole thing, man. How do we find the time? How do you find the energy? How do you find the focus? And um, 
So, uh, but, but honestly, the way we looked at it is, the way I looked at it is, even if it, even if it fails, at least I'll have all the clothes I always wanted to wear <laughs> that fit me. Yeah. Because I have a unique build, um, and very few, there are no other apparel lines that work. Right. Frankly, these are, these are made for my body. You know, so that, I, that, that's, that's where you have to look at the positive side of it is, um, even if it fails, I'll have all the clothes I ever wanted. And um, hopefully I can find enough guys like you with, 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 uh, that are fit and that, you know, take the, the fits and the fabrics seriously, because that's really where we specialize. Uh, it's premium products. So you're not going to, if you, if you shop at Dick's Sporting Goods, you're going to be like, oh, this shit's expensive. But we manufacture in L.A., and uh, you will not find better fits and fabrics, period. I couldn't agree more. When you look good working out in these clothes, you work out better. You feel good because you look good. You're going you're gonna to work out. If you're, not, if you're too busy worrying about, oh, does this fit or does this look good or whatever, like you're not going to be in the flow state. But these, you know, the shorts, the shirt, all everything that's offered there, I, I couldn't say enough good things. So uh, we'll definitely put some plugs in the show notes for folks to find that stuff. Um, for those who are interested. So we are going to kind of jump off of the long, longer extended answer uh, questions. And I want to throw a few rapid fire questions at you as we wrap things up on this episode. So, uh, you know, you can, you can say whatever comes to mind, or if you want to elaborate, sure. I'll, but we'll, we'll try to go through these uh, a little bit quicker. So what I want to know, you are, you are, you just have a treasure trove of fitness knowledge, you know, in your head from all these years of experience. Let's say hypothetically, you're stuck on a deserted island and you can only perform one exercise. Let's say you have the equipment to do one exercise. What would be your go-to exercise that you would uh, take to the island of gains in this, in this uh, hypothetical scenario? You already know the answer to that. The get-up. Yes. Yes. It's the ultimate full-body exercise. Those listening, you have no idea what the fuck it is. <laughs> basically you start on your back with a dumbbell in one hand and you and you go to a stand in a, in a methodical series of steps that yeah. expose all of the weaknesses in the human body it's a it's a total lie detector test for the human body can you hold a dumbbell laying on your back and stand up and come back down with control and make it look pretty and if you can do that not only will your whole body grow but you'll have mobility you'll have stability you'll have stamina and you'll have a nice physique Yes. If you had to pick one, it works the whole body. It corrects all your weaknesses. And, and, and also it is a true mobility and stability movement and it works your breath. Yes. Oh so, my God. Um, it's the ultimate movement. It really is. And it's tough to teach. It's tough to learn. But once you get past the initial learning curve of it, and I, I teach it well, because yeah. I've got people that can do perfect get-ups. I've never met them in person. Most trainers, by the way, in person are afraid to teach it. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. But, a lot of moving parts. A lot of I teach, I teach it from afar, and uh, what, do you, what do you got? Moving a seventy-pound uh, dumbbell for uh, doubles? Kettlebell. Kettlebell. Yeah, I started off with the shoe, just like you taught it. I started off. I had a shoe on my fist, and I thought, okay, if I, as long as I can keep that shoe from moving, it stays on top of my fist. I got it down, and eventually, over time, my goal. I think based on what you've shared in the past, I want to get a hundo above my head one of these days. It may take a few more years. Yeah. To, to me, there's nothing more impressive than someone with a heavy dumbbell or a barbell. Like I, I'm working on the barbell right now because it's, ah. it's super. It's super hard to to uh, to wield. Yes. Uh, like there's one point when you go from the hinge to the lunge shape, 
where you're bent over with one hand in the ground and then you come to a, like a split kneel or a lunge position on the floor. Yes. Or you actually give the barbell time to travel around. So oh, wow. it, it extends the time and retention. See, that, that's, that's gorilla corn training. Yes. Yes, I keep trying to go to heavier and heavier dumbbell. And yeah, the problem is I, I, I only have a hundred pound dumbbell. So I've already done that. No problem. Right. Um, but technically I could, I could keep loading that barbell indefinitely. And that's, yeah. by the way, that's what a lot of strong men used to do. Yes. A lot of those motherfuckers had like several hundred pounds. They dedicated their life to it, to do 700 pounds with the barbell overhead. Oh my and, God. Um, but people could say, I had a lot of people say, oh, the get up is boring. You're not doing it right then. Oh, it's so Sorry. good. Fitness is not for you. If you can't <laughs> commit to, because these are the movements. Yeah. You can't make up new movements. This yeah. is what you can do. So get used to it. Get better at it. It's only boring if you stop making progress. And there goes your short, short fire answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's a good one. We'll make these next ones a little faster. If you were a professional wrestler, what would your entrance music be? And do you have a name for your finishing move? Here I go by Mystical. Oh, here I go! Oh, oh, it's 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 a great vibe, great beat, and and one of the best rappers ever, in my opinion, yes. with a lot of energy. Um, just a great vibe song. Finishing move, um, uh, would be the Taint. <laughs> the Taint, I love it. I love it. <laughs> or the Grundle. I don't know, one of those Grundle oh. or the Taint. Okay, I love it. Either way, all right. Uh, what is the biggest misconception about fitness coaching? Uh, that it's fun. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you've alluded to the grind. I mean, it, it, like, you got to get people to do what they don't want to do. It's like pulling teeth. And, but yeah, you try to position it in a way that, um, you know, you give people choices and let them choose and uh, instead of trying to force upon people. But it, it's, dude, it's a lot of psychology and there's a lot of mind games and you, you can't push too hard because then, then people will hate it and yeah. they think it's not for them. So it, 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 there's a, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, so if you, if, you, if you take that mindset, there's a lot of pressure to do it well and you, and you can't help everyone. And that's what sucks. Good answer. Really good answer. I think I know the answer to this next question, but I'll go ahead and ask it anyways. Uh, if you could only watch one team for the rest of your life, not just now, but for the rest of your life, Packers or Lakers, who are you going with? It would be the Lakers because um, it's just it's just it's a sexier brand. Ooh, you know, like it's cheese, cheese. I mean, cheese is great, but like <laughs> Showtime versus Cheesehead. Come on, there you go. Okay, there's a reason why there's a reason why I left Wisconsin. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, I know recently on your podcast you've you've done some kind of deep dives on movies, specifically movie trilogies. Uh, you've talked about the Matrix. You've talked about the Lord of the Rings series on your podcast. You've you've besmirched the Rocky Four remake. I can't stand I can't stand it, but I'll let you slide on that one. What is your favorite movie trilogy? If you just had to pick one that you could watch for you know another Desert Island or another rest of your life situation, what would you pick? Trilogy or franchise? I'll I'll let you go. Franchise. Let's just go full okay. franchise. It's going to be hard for me not to pick uh rocky because they also pivoted it to creed oh yeah for a new generation and uh i'm i'm a sucker for an underdog story so yes. um here it is okay the rockies all right i love that i love that all right well bj you survived the rapid fire question section so i've just got a couple more questions for you 
uh, you know, and then we'll, we'll get out of here. What I want to know first is what's next for you? What do you got in store? What's, what's on the horizon? You got a book you're trying to get out by September, by your birthday, uh, anything else on the, on the docket you're working on any other creative projects? The most important thing I'm trying to do right now is retrain my mind. Uh, my mind got caught into a lot of cynicism, um, negativity, and uh, hate during the pandemic. And I'm trying to split the switch and go back to more joy, love, and positivity. And it just takes, dude, it just, I, when you recondition your brain, um, just like with training, it's like, it's so many reps and it's all day. Yeah. So always be training. Um is one of my big focuses right now, uh, not just physical, but mental. And then always be selling is the next thing. I've got to reinvigorate my business and uh, I've got to be, uh, I'm, I'm for the first time in my, my business career, I know this is like, this will blow people's minds. I'm actually looking at the numbers every day. I avoided the numbers for several years or pretty much my whole career because as long as it was going in the right direction or making enough money, uh, to me, it was, that was fine. Yeah. And when things were going well, I, it was so uh, demoralizing to look at the numbers going down that um, I, I, it was putting me in such a bad headspace. I had to stop looking, but then all of a sudden you, you look and you check and like, Oh my God, because when you see, when you see the numbers it, as painful as it is to see the number or to do a food log, yeah, yeah. you see what it looks like on paper and in print. Um, it can, it can stop you from gaining 10 to 20 more pounds. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The numbers don't the numbers, lie. Right. Because you're like, what can I do to get the numbers? To, what can I do to stop the bleeding? Yeah. Nonetheless, to gain. So um, always be training, always be selling. That's my main focus right now. Obviously, getting the book out. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would really like to part of why I wanted to release it when I was 40 years old. I wanted to I wanted to build and present an all time physique at the age of 40. And um, so that's kind of what I want to, that's, that's a goal of mine right now. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this year and uh, in, in maybe the smartest manner I've, I've taken it so far. I'm really kind of, I'm doing a slow build in Q1. And then Q2, I'm going I'm to pick up the pace. And in Q3, I, I'm going to go hard. And um, whereas, you know, I've started oftentimes, I, I go so hard out of the gate yeah, yeah, yeah. and I run out of steam. And then, so I, I lose that peak. Um, so that's kind of the main focus. Um, always be training, always be selling and then, uh, present an all time natural physique. You know, the one that is not with steroids or growth hormone or insulin injections. This, this is, I've taken the body I've been given. And if you see pictures of the way I used to look to the way I looked, uh, you know, uh, 20 plus years later, I, I hope, I hope it can inspire you to at least ask yourself, have I gotten everything I can get out of the gifts I've been given? Yeah, that's an awesome, that's an awesome perspective. Where can listeners of Knowledge Brew Supreme, if they hear this interview, they want to find out more about your, your fitness content, if they were interested in joining your programming, buying your gear, getting, getting some of your man baby CBD, where can listeners of this show find, find you and find all your wonderful products? So my, my umbrella website is bjgador.com, B-J-G-A-D-O-U-R.com. And that has links to all the stuff we got going on. Um, and uh, th that's the quick answer. Awesome. Yeah. And I will definitely put that in the show notes for folks to find easily and can check you out uh, and, and check out all the wonderful things you're doing. I ask this last question. I ask everybody when they come on this show, uh, what are you currently 
uh, these days, what are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you reading? Anything that's just, you, you can't get enough of these days? So uh, I'm reading wise, and, and I guess you have to these days consider uh, listening, reading, because that's oh, how yeah. I read. Yeah. Uh, I've been getting into the, uh, something called the Daily Stoic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, again, that's the part of the mental training is, uh, you know, you know, for example, when you're so cynical and someone says to you, oh, I, I would love to meet that celebrity, my cynical mind goes, why? They don't want to meet you. <laughs> right. When it's like, oh, the positive end of it is, oh, you just wanted to be next to greatness. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the stoic mentality is very appealing to someone like me who um, has a contagious energy and has to be very uh, mindful of, I mean, when I put out negative, I have the ability, John, to take something you love and by, by the end of a five or 10 minute conversation, you'll never do it again. I also have the ability to take something you hate and make you passionate about it. And that's, I want to focus on retraining my mind to do the latter yeah, yeah. Um, because I don't want to be the other guy. And I've been that guy and I, I just, I can't do it. I don't want to do it anymore. It's not worth it. And it's not what I was meant to do. If I was meant to do anything, it wasn't that I hope. Um, so I'm checking that. I, I started listening to David Goggins book. Ooh, uh, good stuff. TV wise, uh, movie wise, uh, Crushed the Ozarks in a weekend, the latest season. Oh, I need to uh, watch it. Excellent show, man. Um, uh, the Yellow Jackets on Showtime. Watching, I, I, Dude, I watch a lot of TV and content. Uh, Billions is still good, even with uh, Axelrod being gone. Um, uh, what's, there's a couple other HBO series. I, I'm on HBO, Showtime, Hulu. Um, we even fuck with Disney a little bit. <laughs> I mean, so it's a lot of content. I'm trying to think of a movie that has really stood out recently. Um, I, I rewatched 300 recently and I was like, wow, this shit, Ooh, this shit just like it did when it first came out in 2006. And I actually got the graphic novel. Cause I'm like, let me get the graphic novel because yeah, the Frank Miller. Yeah. Because honestly, I'd like my book to have that feel where it's, there's too much talking and text and fitness. And this is a visual medium. Yeah. So, yes. um, the real struggle is I, I can't draw, but um, I love the book to have kind of a, a graphic novel feel where I can, every, the words are super uh, selective, but they have a lot of, every word has power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's more visually driven. Um, that's going to be the big challenge. But, um, I, and the music wise, man, I listen to music all day. I love soul, R&B, funk, um, hip hop uh classic rock i'll get into some heavy metal too but um really uh i'm kind of a soul r&b guy because um I, those are the vibes i need i need to be relaxed and calm i listen to a lot of retrowave and synthwave too because oh, good stuff there's a reason why that shit was like in all the video games in the 80s because you listen to it and then three hours or more pass and you're still playing the video game yeah yeah, yeah. it gives you a flow state hyper focus yes some I'll listen to some classical music for that too, or some you know nature soundscapes. But um, man, uh, retrowave and synthwave is like some of my go-to training and focus music. I still I'm I you know you don't have to do this, but you you had a really good uh, workout playlist on Spotify that I still have saved. Uh, I would love to you know I'd love to hear uh, maybe an updated version at one point because I think you just have really good music taste based on what you just said and what I've already heard. Uh, you know, your playlist. So 
Uh, I can I can tell you've got a good voice for singing. You kind of dropped a little bit earlier. You've got you know you've got good taste. So I think uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, well, anyways, that is going to wrap things up for today's show, folks. Thank you so much again to BJ Gador for joining me today. Please check out all of his wonderful work uh, and fitness, you know, uh, and and his clothing line, his CBD, everything. It's uh, at uh, BJ Gador. Dot com. I'll have a link in the show notes. You can find them on you know, social media as well. Um, this makes episode 15 of Knowledge Brew Supreme. I'm your host, Dr. John Chansey. My ultimate goal is to get this show to 100 episodes. Uh, BJ was the one who kind of inspired me to set that goal. I'm only 85 episodes away now, getting closer every single day. Thank you for listening. Please share, subscribe, and review. Be good, be safe, and I'll see you next time. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.